Everybody, this is Show to V with Mike G, the show of life, the show of love, the show of round rock in this case, but most importantly, the show of Queen and the Flash soundtrack. Today's guest is the wonderful and iconic Travis Tober. Some of us think he's a party animal. Some of us don't know what to, to think behind that, that big, large beard of his. But in my conversation with Travis, we talked about a lot of things. We talked about the industry. We talked about the economy. We talked about love. We talked about Paul McCartney. Honestly, it's a really great conversation. A lot of cool stuff thrown in there. But most of all, and I'm going to take this little nugget because this is, for me, the nugget of the conversation. Any day that you wake up and you hear the power of love or any Huey Lewis and the News song on the radio, that is the best day of your life. So without further ado, here's my interview with Travis Tober. Huge tradition. I always go to Midnight Cowboy on, on Halloween. On Halloween, amazing! Always. Oh, that's a brilliant. Every tradition. year I go. I like to see their themes. Yeah. I've been every year, so it's kind of like <laughs> Days of Confused this year. Yeah, exactly. Right? Days of Confused. Yeah. They had a soundtrack going. Hey, hey, Travis, real quick. Yeah. Are you cool, man? I'm totally cool, bro. Uh, good, good. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was totally by accident. Like yeah. I'm, across at Midnight Cowboy, we had reservations at six, and um, you know. Obviously, I, I'm a huge sports fan as well. I'm, yeah. I've been cu- cursed with being a New York Jets, New York Mets, and a Buffalo Sabres fan. So the that's New York not, Mets, that's are, team, that's a, those are good teams. Good teams. Good. They well, don't win right, a lot. So they're underperforming teams that are fun to watch. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Torturous at best. Yeah. Um, so the Mets were in the World Series, so I decided to go across the Four Horsemen, check mm-hmm. it out. And then, um, and then I'm like, well, it's Jackalope. I love, who doesn't love Jackalope? Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude, so, great. So I walk in, and I didn't realize it was Comic-Con going on at all. I had no idea. Either. Not one bit. And uh, so I, I go up there, and I talk to the bartenders that I know, and I'm uh-huh. just like, what the hell's going on? So, so it was, in, was it, like, insanely packed? Insanely. Like, yeah, yeah. it was the busiest I've ever seen Jack Lope ever. Like, it was, like, just... Just tight, arm yeah, to tight, arm. Tight, yeah, tight, Fire marshal yeah. coming in any moment Exactly, could shut it yeah. down. You can't even get to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. So I finally get up there, I order a couple of drinks, and I'm just like, oh, this is awesome. You, know, I, I'm a Bruce Campbell fan. I'm not, oh, you know, yeah. I'm not huge, like... I mean, I definitely love the Evil Dead series. Yeah, you know absolutely. I mean? Army and, Darkness, his greatest moment, I think. Oh, definitely. And then, Dude. I mean, you see you see him, like, doing those weird, like, little, little like, cameos and, like, Spider-Man and stuff right? like that. Yeah, it's cool, like, little Easter egg stuff. stuff. Yeah, it's great. It's totally cool. And so I'm sitting there, and I'm just like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get out of here. Uh-huh. And Alexis, you know, who's the manager, and she's like, Bruce Campbell's jumping behind the bar in ten minutes. No shit. So I'm like, well, I'll chill for that. Yeah, well, who yeah. wouldn't chill for that? So I'm with a, you know, I'm with Darmioski, a couple other people, uh-huh. we're just hanging out. And I'm like, Bruce Campbell's jumping behind the bar in ten. We gotta chill. What they say? They're like, no, uh, they're like, yeah, no, 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 no. We're definitely like, we heard a rumor it was happening. Oh, and apparently, incredible. it got leaked at Comic Con. That's why the place is just nuts. No shit. Yeah, and I've I've never been to a watch party per chance. Like I've right, seen some, right. but to watch something that you know on TV with um, literally two hundred people, yeah, and everybody just screaming and going nuts, just totally stoked. Yeah, I every, mean, I, we've all been waiting. I had actually another conversation with one of my filmmaker friends, and we're like, we're really looking forward yeah. to this Halloween night. No better framing. Yeah, Jackalope with Bruce Campbell behind the bar. No better framing. Yeah, it was it was it it's was insane, perfect, right? perfect storm, and perfect. not not even not to mention he's pouring gin shots, <laughs> <laughs> which what the so you know I I think one of my thing like when I think of Neil deGrasse Tyson, which is another one I'd love to drink with. Yeah. Bruce Campbell is a dude I'd love to drink with. Totally, yeah. And I talked to Jeff Bully about drinking with Lemmy, which of that course would be amazing. Huge. Right. That would be huge. So what? So Bruce Campbell's de- devying out gin shots, but what do you think Bruce Campbell drinks when he? Is all by him, lone, his lonesome, looking and just kind of pondering life. What do you think Bruce Campbell drinks? I mean, if he 
if he drinks anything less than whiskey and beer, I'm yeah. disappointed. I know, me too. Like, right? I mean, he's he's an American hero. He's our weird version of John Wayne. Oh, so dude. he has exactly. yeah. he has to. He's like the nerd version of John Wayne. So he yeah. has to drink whiskey and beer. Like, yeah. it, and probably like some really Napa cab. Like when he's out <laughs> being fancy. Like those are what he's something he has to deep drink. with leathery notes. Yeah, right? exactly. Be, so it, yeah, it was just it was completely wild. I mean, yeah. he jumped behind a bar. Super nice. Yeah, it's so cool. And I was sitting there. I was like, is he going to be one of the? Is he going to? Is he going to Snoop Dogg it? Is he going to be uh-huh. two hours late to right. his own appearance? I, he was on time, wasn't he? On time. Two minutes past when they said you he was going to be there. Because people from Michigan. They know how to be on time. <laughs> is he from Michigan? I believe so. I think that's where all the Evil Deads are shots, where Ramey's from. I could see that. I, w- I was a little, I grew up in partially in Detroit. Oh, and okay. I remember seeing the Evil Dead poster in the mid 80s. And I'm like, huh. huh. It was scary shit. That, I had no idea. It was filmed around the corner. From that could, I mean, I'm from Buffalo, New York originally. So oh, yeah. yeah, it's armpit of the nation. Armpit of the nation. It's, it's the armpit of the nation country. of my nation. Nobody oh, else can I talk bad okay. about it. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't dare. I drove through <laughs> Buffalo one time. I spent, I spent a month in Buffalo one night. <laughs> yeah, it could happen. Yeah, really quick. Well, so it would. How was how that night turn out? How was Halloween overall for you? It, it, I mean, it was good. I, I, you know, being in the bar business, I often have to work on Halloween, yeah. but it just happened to fall on a you night that night I was off. off. That's cool. Um, you know, and I'm more of a people watcher when it comes to Halloween. I don't mm-hmm. get dressed up. I'll go out. I'll check it out. Um, you know, really, just to see basically the shits. The shit show ensue, <laughs> and that's what it, it is, is. A shit show, and and that's what Halloween, especially when you live in Austin, Texas. Mm-hmm. I mean, Sixth Street is framed for something as crazy as Halloween. Yeah. And, oh, it's perfect. Yeah. And Jackalope, no less, has so they have. I remember one night there was Texas relays. This was probably five yeah. years ago. Waves of people, and it's perfect just sitting right by the entrance and that table that's up there on the right. Like when you get in, yeah, you can just observe everything, and you can watch the melee outside. The wave of people moving back and forth. Oh, it's it's it, crazy. Yeah, it's like watching birds in flight. Like it just yeah, they dude, all kind of exactly. it's 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 waves crowd of mentality. Just, it's like, crowd mentality. It just yeah. kind of goes like this, and it's 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 a perfect storm of awesomeness. That's killer. So you grew up. So I, you know, I met you, gosh, years ago now when you were still at the Four Seasons. Yes, um, a very large personality. I think that <laughs> there was no one that would. Not rally behind Travis Tober as being a guy who says things, says them loud, and does shit hard. Yeah, I mean, I mean I, that beard alone. The, be- the, the beard and the voice have gotten me a far away. Yeah. Um, it's funny. Yeah, people think I'm super loud, outspoken. I am on occasion. Yeah. Um, I think that kind of goes ahead of me a little bit just because of the beard and the and, and, right. and the voice. You're folklore, man. Yeah, you know, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you may not, like, I think we had this conversation one time where you're like, I'm not actually the guy that, that the I'm media not, yeah. thinks I am. You know? We did, yeah. I'm like, I'm not as crazy as everybody thinks I am. <laughs> but, I mean, if the reputation precedes me and, like I said, I, I, I've hung out with people and they're like, Wow, I thought it was just going to be really crazy tonight. Yeah, just, why is your shirt still on, bro? I know. <laughs> Who knows, man? It's the uh, I, the frat cocktail guy, I guess I I've guess. been called. And, I don't know. You know, I mean, I've been in the business for twenty years. So. Yeah, so so it's a good it's a good point. So you're you're from True and True. Were you born in Buffalo? I was born in Buffalo, New York, downtown Buffalo. Yeah, uh, grew up on the east side, uh, which is you know uh, historically poor Buffalo. Yeah. Um, you know. Grew up and I got that story. I was the only white kid in my neighborhood. Uh, you that's know, a great story. Yeah, though. it's an awesome story. I mean, being in Buffalo, you you don't like you think every city's like Buffalo. Like, mm. You think everybody's poor, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you just read about because you can't like see past it. You're you like, oh, This is yeah. what, what it's like, right? Yeah, it was awesome. And you know, I um, you know moved in with my grandparents and went to uh, Chittawaga Central, which is a suburb of Buffalo. Yeah. How about how old were you when you? Uh, um, I mean, I did a small little stint in uh, West Virginia and North Carolina, okay. traveling with my parents. Yeah, and then we went back to Buffalo. Um, my my extended family owns a chain of uh, small restaurants in West Virginia. Oh, like diners or um, more like places or? wings and tacos, man. Oh, like, cool. Yeah, like that. My extended wings and t- so how are tacos in Buffalo? Because oh I... no, this is in West Virginia. Okay, okay, sorry. They're yeah. not as good as you think they are, but in West Virginia, <laughs> not the best as good as tacos you've ever had. Really? No <laughs> yeah. shit. So it was in Morgantown, a college town. I grew up in college towns my whole life. Oh, so. cool. Buffalo, a lot of culture, a lot of people. I mean, I imagine there's a lot of music, a lot of art and stuff. Are um, you able, well, were you exposed to that? Well, too? yeah, I mean, a little bit. It, it's it's kind of sad in a way is because I didn't really appreciate. I left Buffalo, um, shoot, almost almost 
you know, uh, 18 years ago. Oh, so really? okay. I left when I was 22. Yeah. Um, you know, started bartending when I was 18. I left not appreciating Buffalo as the city as it was. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to leave to get out and see what else was out there. But, right. I mean, it's probably one of the best architectural cities out there. There in Chicago are like two of the It's such a beautiful city. Yeah. Um, you know, so. What was high school like in Buffalo? Or were you in West Virginia then? No, in high school I was in Chittawaga, which is a suburb of Buffalo. I mean, it yeah. was such a, such a, you know, Chittawaga, Buffalo, New York. I mean, 90% of my graduating class is Polish. I'm Polish. No kidding. Yeah, I mean, I rock the Polish Balkans oh, everywhere. That is a very uh, elaborate <laughs> tattoo. Yeah, we, I mean, um, you know, Buffalo and Chicago are two hugely uh, Polish, Polish communities. Of, yeah. Um, I grew what, up. What is, so tell me, like, what's a Polish thing that the family would do on the weekends? Because I'm pretty, I'm pretty naive. That I, I don't know much about Polish I mean, the, the thing about Polish people is, uh, A, we're very unemotional. Unemotional? <laughs> yeah, completely. Almost, yeah. almost like type like Irish and stuff like that. Like oh, very right. On, so, you know, in, in, in Buffalo, um, you know, the Polish community, um, honestly, like they're, they go out to bars. Like, I mean, I grew up, I grew up, my, one of the first bars I bartended in was a mm. Boilermaker bar. Oh, cool. Before Boilermaker bars are it was like, like a thing, thing right? Yeah. yeah. Like this was legitimately, everybody knows like, oh, Boilermaker bar shot in a beer. And I'm just yeah. like, well, Boilermaker bars were named after the guys that worked third shift that made boilers. Oh, no shit. And, yeah. Okay. That's okay. Good. So there was a legitimate, there's a boiler union in Buffalo uh, and they literally made boilers and, and, you know, hot water, all this stuff. No kidding. And they would get off third shift. 7 a.m., 8 a.m., and the Have first thing they would do is right? go to the bar. Yeah. So they get there, and they order a shot of whiskey and a beer. What and was that's... the – what's the – so here, here's an interesting thing. So I Pol, Poland is located in a place where it's like, well, what whiskey would they gravitate towards? Is it an Irish whiskey, or does it matter? Just I mean, like, give me whatever. I mean, in Poland, vodka rules. Yeah. I oh, mean, yeah, it has to. Yeah, Polish I mean, it's – Potato vodka, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean – I mean, uh, a lot of people think Russia invented. I mean, Polish. No, Polish. Yeah, yeah. the Polacks, man. We invented vodka. I mean, yeah. we started. People give them shit, but they knew how to get imbibed real quick. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, and you know, Poland's a huge drinking community. Buffalo yeah. is good or bad as a huge drinking community. Um, but we, but it seems like it is a community. It is a community, which is a is a huge difference than a lot of the like satellite towns in Texas yeah. and stuff. Which is which means that in a sense, like you've got friends. Families know families, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, you grew up. There's people I know that born in Buffalo are going to die in Buffalo. Yeah, don't care, love it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I go back and it's great. And I go into a bar that I was in. When I was 19 years old, yeah. and the same bartender. And you walk in, and it's like you never even like, no oh, kidding. hey, how's it going? How are you doing? Killer. And they shake your hand, and it's just like you never. It feels good, right? You never, yeah, it's great. It's yeah. community. It's uh, you know. I said, growing up in Buffalo is probably the best thing that could ever have happened to me. You yeah. know, it, it's it's a real Norman Rockwell type, uh, you know, yeah. growing up. But you know, it's you know a lot of fighting, a lot of. <laughs> I can't imagine. Yeah. But but at the end of the day, like everybody's still cordial and they love each other. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, a I mean, wonderful I, community, right? Uh, you know, I don't know how many. I mean, when I was working in bars in Buffalo, we worked at bars that probably had 10 15 fights a night no shit nobody ever pulled a gun nobody ever pulled a knife and just then, kind of a nice release yeah it's a nice it just turn into people fighting. it's changed yeah. now you yeah. know as everything has but i mean it was common for bar fights and you know i i, I didn't understand culture outside of buffalo when i finally moved away when i was yeah. 20 22 to uh -huh. florida um you know and i didn't realize that you know, people didn't fight in bars. I thought <laughs> yeah. that was a normal thing to do. Like, yeah, bars like an arena, right? Yeah, like, this is where like, people box. They figure it out. Yeah. It's, Did uh, you ever see a guy smash a chair on another guy? Yes. Oh, no shit. Bottles. Uh, Everything. I, actually, a couple of the bars I hung out at, I mean, you have, if you see a bottle of beer, it has a long neck. Uh, we hung out at bars that specifically only serve short necks, so they okay. couldn't swing so and hit. Couldn't yeah. break it on the bar? Yeah, I mean. stab a brother. I yeah, stab, hit in the head, whatever. That's insane. Does yeah. it, do you think that, because so that is what I would consider a rugged upbringing. Do yes. you think that it made you different and like more resilient to the softness and kind of like the bullshit and the caddy stuff that you would uh, see outside of a that? thousand percent. Yeah. I mean, my, my upbringing, you know, growing up broke, growing up, you know, in a poor community, in a poor town, a poor yeah. city. I mean, Buffalo, the last time it had a growing population was 1920. No shit. So it's, I mean, we've, it's the Rust Belt. Manufa manufacturing. Manufacturing. Right? I mean, we, uh, Buffalo, 
at one point um, made more steel than Pittsburgh ever did. No kidding. So in the 60s and 70s, uh, Bethlehem Steel closed down and basically shut down the town. Yeah. Um, the automotive industry was strong there. You know, being in Detroit when yeah, that went down, sure. my dad worked for General Motors. Oh, kid, no kidding. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, it, it grew up a poor town. I mean, it was it was manufacturing. It was factory working work. Working class, right? What's totally, that? Totally working class. Yeah. Uh, blue collar. Like, like blue collar right? as, as, as the company. I mean, you either... Worked in a factory, or you worked for the government, or yeah. you bartended. Or you bartended. It. I mean, and bars were legitimately, every bar was legitimately busy. It was, you know, houses were bars. It was weird. Yeah. I mean, oh, no like, uh, like I know how it's cute what? on Rainy Street. You have, like, oh, houses that are right. yeah. These were legitimately, like, next to real houses, and they were still bars. No shit. Yeah, it was pretty wild. That I is mean, wild. Yeah, Wait, so this is the mid-90s, late-90s? Uh, late-90s. Yeah. Yeah, late-90s. So, so what what drove you to Florida then? So so you okay? So you finished high school, kind of framed a little bit. You finished high school in Buffalo. What are you really interested in doing the college thing? Or you wanted to just like keep? Uh, I was in actually or? in college. I was actually um, I was actually hired by a sheriff's department and Baltimore Police Department. No kidding. And Fairfax Police Department all at once. Which I was you in the police academy. You you were in the police academy. <laughs> I was in the police academy. Were you more a Mahoney or and a Hightower? I was a, I was definitely a Mahoney. Um, I was you know I, I went to the police academy and mm. I lasted about two three days and I was like, what I'm, was it that is like? I just you know I mean like, what am I do pull somebody over and like ruin their day give them right. a ticket take them to jail I'm yeah. like eh, get, get out of here go yeah. ahead like get it just way. wasn't it wasn't it wasn't me yeah. And uh, so I said, I decided I'm not, I was already bartending at the time. Uh-huh. This was, I was 19. Right. And I was like, you know, I'm having a blast doing this. My, uh, my parents owned a bar when I was younger. No kidding. Uh, so you grew, so you grew I up, grew up in, in the industry. Yeah. 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 My parents owned like a dive bar, total shithole. Yeah. You know, pinball <laughs> pool tables and, you know, everything like that. Right, so right. I poured my first draft beer probably when I was 13, 14. No by shit. Bar. Um, my first was it, was it interesting? Like, were was alcohol? So, so there's this whole academic kind of side to it. Was it just like this is how people live, or were you like, I kind of, I'm interested in this stuff? Uh, at at that point, it was you know I was making a ton of money, a good amount of working money, at yeah. a busy bar, and I me growing up poor, mm. I'm you know I'm you know I'm making at the time in Buffalo, you know. Two hundred dollars a night. Oh man! I mean, there's craft cocktail bartenders that don't make two hundred a night. You're now. totally right. Yeah. And then I worked at a, a, you know, I got hired at this this nightclub called the Piers right mm-hmm. on the water in Buffalo. I mean, mm-hmm. we were making three hundred a night sometimes. So uh, you liked it? Did you like the the? Per- I, I go back to this too because I talked to Jason Cosmos about it. I talked to Michael Phillips about it. Like, there's a performing element to it. Did you oh, like yeah. that social part of it too? Oh, it's it's my stage. You know, I yeah. mean, that that two feet of wood is what I live for. Right. Um. I was kind of shy before I started bartending. Yeah. And, you know, I just kind of jumped behind a bar and I was just like, this is it. You get to be whatever you want that night. Yeah. And um, it's nice, right? Because you can be you, but people will listen. It's almost like a captive audience, right? Yeah. Which is kind of a nice part of it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, no matter what, people got to be nice to the bartender. Right. Yeah, especially in like Buffalo, New York, and these bars where we don't give a shit. Yeah. We'll throw you out. You won't get it, or you get thrown. No drinks. No drinks. Somebody out. puts their balls shit, in your we'll whiskey. You. Done. Right. <laughs> yeah, we're done. We'll see you later. I mean, out. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was just more of a um, a, a money thing. Yeah. And you know, I was making great money. I've never seen that kind of money before. And a so yeah, a social thing. Like you yeah. know, you were you ran the party that night. So it's about to be pretty good. I mean, did, you get in trouble. You know what? I never got a. Real, you know, somebody brought this up the other day, and somebody asked me about like, you know, what? Uh, uh, how many times have you been arrested? Right. I'm like, never. You've never been arrested. I've never been arrested because you're smart. <laughs> I'm smart. You yeah. you hit the guy and then you just jet right. Yeah, no, I, I I can talk my way out of anything. Yeah. I guess I just I've uh, I've never been arrested. Um, I never really got in a lot of a lot of trouble. Yeah. Um, had a lot of fun. Sure. And, you know, at the end of the night, you know, it's it's a whole persona thing. There's, you know, I, I've told people before there's, you know, there's Tober and then there's Travis, yeah. you know, and, and there's a whole Tober persona, which Tober's you know, part- like Prince, single yeah. name, rock <laughs> yeah, just, star. I'm like, dude, I, you know, I, yeah, I go out and it seems like I'm at, like I'm out of control or crazy or whatever, yeah. you know, life at a party. You know, lampshade on your head, but I'm always in control, man. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's, like I said, it's the voice. So you go home, you know, Wednesday nights or h- curling up with a nice book. Yeah. I would, drinking a Chardonnay. <laughs> I would much rather be at home most nights. But then yeah. I'm home a couple nights and I'm like, I got to go. I got to so, get out. Yeah. So 
why Florida, man? Like, I wouldn't go to... You couldn't probably pay me to go to Florida. Uh, weather, man. Like, oh, honestly, I, the total I am not a cold weather guy. right? Yeah, I mean... The antithesis of the snow, the cold... Snow is brutal. And right. um, I had grandparents living down in Florida, mm-hmm. so I had family. I flew into West Palm Beach. Um, was going to travel from West Palm Beach to Orlando and see what I liked. Yeah. Uh, my par- uh, my grandparents were in Delray. I decided to stay there. And they just you crashed with them, and they're like, "Hey, yeah, crashed with them, went out. Uh, what's this new place opened up? City Place, and mm. I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna move here. Went home, uh, told my roommates, I moved in two weeks. Told mm-hmm. my girlfriend, moved in two weeks. Told which, my mom, wait, I moved wait, in two what'd weeks. she say? Uh, they're all like, wait, what? And was I'm your like, girlfriend like, I'll come with you? No, she was just like, okay, cool. Well, let's try long distance things. Figure out and, you know, as How'd we all know, as we all know, long distance relationships. They don't. Work. You knew what you're doing. Yeah, I, like, I was. <laughs> you were poisoning the well before you left. <laughs> she, she was a lovely girl. Yeah, but um, yeah, no, we. I moved down to Florida mm-hmm. on a whim, and uh, it sucked. I mean, why? Why, why did it suck? I mean, I wasn't making money right off the bat. You know, mm-hmm. it was just a new town, and then you know, I finally just like. You know, I, I kid around a lot, but, um, you know, um, this this actually time was 2000. Uh-huh. And um, I worked at TGI Fridays. That's I honestly don't think there's anything wrong with okay. that. Okay, no, there's not at all right now. Like, I mean, there's, you know, um, um, Chris Bostic is yeah. former TGI Fridays. No shit. I'm former TGI Fridays. Um, you know, uh, there's a uh, lot of... Former guys. At one point, I you love had to that. do. I love that it was the minor leagues. Yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah, you had to do sixteen shifts training behind a bar just Man. to be bartender there, which That's is crazy. A lot of shifts. And yeah. When I first started, we were doing uh, a lot of fresh stuff and a yeah. lot of you know. Your so, final test was a hundred cocktails. No shit. So I mean, they might be shitty cocktails by today's standards, but still a lot. Like it, it has to. It tests your muscle memory. It had a recipe. Yeah, yeah. It had it a recipe. Your, yeah, you had a port, I had a pork test every day to get my drawer. No kidding. So I mean, a lot of. The, I mean. We we used to blindfold people in service well and have them grab bottles. We yeah. used to tie kids' hands. I mean, a lot of stuff that probably gets arrested today. But <laughs> we would tie trainees' hands behind their back if they were right or left-handed and no make kidding. them work the with their weak hand. You know what I mean? So You know what's weird about that? I would have never, ever figured that TGI Fridays would have been the gauntlet. Oh, TJ Fridays. I, I mean, ask any of those guys, man. Maybe it's like a secret. Like, so maybe we're we're fine. I mean, I hope no one gets mad that we're revealing what is the best bullpen of the minor leagues. Oh, I mean, I mean, um, God, what's his name? It's uh, Tangeray Jin Brand Ambassador. Oh, uh, Angus. Angus, former TJ Fridays. Are you? Fucking no, kidding yeah, no, me! He's former TGI Fridays. He's How, TGI- he can't even talk to me. How can he talk to <laughs> he can't really talk at all. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of um, uh, a lot of former TGI Friday bartenders. Yeah. That were started and then they actually branched out and that's kind of it's not how it happened. Dude, but that's so our strange. work ethic was there. Yeah. So, um, but, but maybe so they they put you through the gauntlet. They put you through all these kind of trials and tribulations and. It prepared you. Yeah, I, it's crazy. Yeah, I went down there and, and I had one shift, and and within three months I was the bar manager. Yeah, which definitely set the set the. Did you like Did you like working for TJ Fridays? Loved it. Yeah. Loved it. It was great. Good, it was great. Had decent money. Good. I was good making five hundred a night, oh, man, geez. in South Florida. Yeah, I was. <laughs> one makes one. It makes you wonder why you would would leave. Yeah, exactly. No, it was great, man. Um, and the company actually completely changed after I left. Uh, oh. Sometime after I left, completely changed and expanded hugely, and uh, and, and I, they and lost a lot of their training. Diluted and yeah, yeah, exactly. So it just you know it dumbed down stuff like that. Yeah. It so was, you so you you obviously you left. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, you, I left. You actually, I went to um, I went to management. I went to go run a, a nightclub uh, uh-huh. called Blue Martini. In Florida, still in West Palm Beach. West yeah. Palm Beach. There we go. Yeah. yeah. So they had one. I think there's still like five or six locations. I know. I know a buddy of mine that I worked with in Buffalo mm-hmm. still works at the Tampa Bay location. We're no talking kidding. 15 years later. That's crazy. And, I mean, it's great money. It's yeah. very um, the girls. At one point when I was managing, I had four girls on a reality TV show. Man. Um, I mean, the amount of money going over that bar was it's insane. 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 It was very Lamborghini crowd. Right. But were um, you were you learning though? Because it seems like TJ Fridays is actually a great organic place to learn. But were you when you moved to the you know, club, I, I I went there. I was learning uh, how not to do it. I think which you know, is equally as valid. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I was learning. I mean, at, at this point, I mean, we're talking early two thousands. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, nine eleven happened, which changed a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, how, cha- did, how did it change the bar community? Um, it got. It's the crazy thing is, you know, we often say, um, you know, bars are recession proof because if you're happy, you're drinking, you're sad, you're right. drinking. Yeah. You I mean, I drink. remember working in a local bar 
when uh, President Bush at the time gave that speech. Yeah. And you could not hear a damn pin drop in that bar. Really? And we're talking 100 people in that bar, and yeah. it was crazy. Like, it was a weird time to be bartending, you know. You, you know, I, I mean, I bartended the morning of 9-11. Yeah. And I was going to work, and I was like, what the hell is I was talk radio for? I didn't realize. Mm. And then it set in right before I pulled in. And I was like, what the hell is going on? I go, holy shit, you know. I'm, you know, I'm from Buffalo. I'm not from... When you think of New York, there's yeah. New York City, and then there's the rest of New York. Right, absolutely. But absolutely. I mean, as an American and as a New Yorker and everything, you're like, "Well, what the hell's going on?" So I remember that all yeah. that going on. It's weird. It did change it all. Didn't it, it? it changed everything. It changed it's everything. like I almost so I had, to, I had to be at work too that day. Yeah. And but but I had to be that the closing shift. Uh-huh. And this is not industry. It's like retail, or whatever. Yeah. But I'm like, I kind of don't. The skies are quiet. Yeah. Like, normally, I would see some planes. Like everything's it quiet. Was, it's come to a halt. It was totally surreal. surreal. Yeah, it's absolutely surreal. And um, yeah, and it was just, it changed everything about, it It was like people were coming and that's all you talked about for the next three or four months. Yeah. But they were they coming though? Yeah. Oh, yeah, they, they were coming. Right? It was, you... I, I mean, and, and you know, that's, I, that's September and October is some of the busiest times I ever bartended ever. Because I think people needed to talk about it. Talk they about needed it, to have comfort. It. I mean, yeah. if you look about it, I mean, America was founded in pubs. You know, when you had problems, Absolutely. you went to a pub. Well, that's it, where the insurgents occurred. Yeah, exactly. So, it, yeah. I mean, this is, it was kind of like, I think people just in their heads jump back and want to be, you know. How was it, it for you being a guy that kind of has to listen in, in, in a sense of media? It, Do you like I, it? I, I no. love listening to people. I, you know, I mean, you, you, you get out a lot yourself just listening. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, we well, can't learn when you're talking, the Dalai Lama says, right? Yeah, I mean, you can, when you listen and you hear people, and you can sit there and say, you know what, my life's not that bad, man. Yeah. I, I put liquor in a cup, and I right. get paid well. I get paid to hang out with my friends. Um, you know, it's, I've been in the industry for 20 years. It's obviously changed a ton, mm-hmm. but as much as it's changed, it's stayed the same. And it, you see it now starting to go backwards. Not backwards. In, in what sense? As we're, we're getting away from, you know, the seven ingredient cocktails right. or, you know, the, the hoity-toity, you know, cocktails and jackets and stuff like that, yeah. you know, and, and um, bringing it's just, it back to it's, the it's about a good drink. It's about good whiskey. Yeah. It's about, you know, I, you know, I often talk about, you know, opening a bar that would just have, it has good ice, it has yeah. fresh juice and that's it. That's it. You know, you don't that's really. that's kind of all you need. It's sweetener now and again, right? Yeah, but... exactly. That's it. I mean, but you know, we had, there were sweeteners back then too and they still did it. I mean, I grew up in an era where you muddled old fashioned, you did two white sugar packets and poured it on the cherry and the <laughs> oh, orange man. and muddled it together. Yeah. Only two. Only two. two. That's good. Yeah. yeah. So Which is that was like a quarter. You had that same Angostura bottle forever and you had that vermouth you never touched. Yeah. You know, and it's so crazy. It's just changed. It's changed a little like bit, but as changed? much as it changed, it stays the same. Yeah. No, you're totally right. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like music. It's like fashion. It's like film, all exactly. that stuff. It's all circular. Totally. And it totally is. So how long did you end up staying in Florida before you either came to Austin or did you make another? No, I oh, I was in Vegas, man. No shit. Yeah, Vegas for 10 years. Why am I? I'm not, I'm not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, okay. When were you out in Vegas? Uh, I moved out to Vegas 2002. How long were you out there? Uh, off and on since 2002 to 2011, right before I moved here. Shit. Do you, so this is a weird kind of circular thing. Did you meet Paul McGee out there? No, Paul McGee worked. I had drinks from him in Vegas yeah. in the mid two thousands. Oh, where at? Oh shit, he was at Caesars. Maybe he was working for a bar and he made me a muddled cocktail with some rosemary and stuff. But like that was a, this distinct impression I had. Yeah, and then he just has a better beard now and <laughs> has <laughs> no, there's, tiki um, drinks, right? Uh, there's a bartender up in Dallas, Gabe Sanchez, uh-huh. uh, at the Black Swan. He was in Vegas the same time. I no was. kidding. So he was out there. Um, you know, there wasn't, there wasn't, when I first got out there in 2001, I mean, it was just turn and burn. I worked at the Hard Rock. Yeah. Um, when times were good, houses were up. Yeah. I worked at a local bar. I was making five, 600 a night. Yeah. People were using their cool houses as there. ATMs. Do you, do you know the Griffin out there? No, this is before the way Griffin. Before. This is way, oh, this is like. Yeah, sorry, you're old school. Yeah, I'm old school. That's like Kavanaugh's like Irish bar kind yeah. of hangouts. And people would come in and take out $1,000 out of the ATM because their houses went up 15000 that month. Yeah, that's And insane. blow 1000 at the bar, tip you 100 see yeah. you later. Was it much different than Florida? Was the dynamic different? Uh, at first, it definitely was. Yeah. Uh, Florida, I never, I like Florida, but it was too much of a transit community. Yeah, yeah. Um, and in Vegas, when I first got there, the community was really tight. And it was really, it, you, I mean, 
you grew up. I mean, your neighbor, your neighbor was a, a stripper. Yeah. Uh, your, yeah, yeah, yeah. Your other neighbor was a uh, insert de Soleil. It was just right. like it was wild. Totally close because they're everybody else leaves, but the, the industry always stays always there. stays. Yeah. And it's a huge industry community. And, huge. You know, we all hung out. And there's four bars in every corner. None of them were ever busy. Um, you know, we we were out there just building our thing, and then you yeah. actually seen it once the housing crash happened. Like I seen Vegas at its best times and at its worst. And you literally watch, you know, your neighbor lose his house. Your neighbor's mm. neighbor loses house. Man. And, like, nothing but foreclosure signs on right. the street. It was just like, Jesus. It's, ins- it's insane, man. Yeah, it was, it was pretty rough. And, I mean, you see it now with, with you know, in Austin. All these houses are going up huge. Yeah. And it's I'm a like, total inverse. People are buying houses right now. I was like, didn't you guys l- learn anything 10 years ago? Like, yeah. the bubble's going to burst. It has to. Yeah, so. It totally does. We'll There's see. lots I mean, of bubbles ready to burst, man. I hope it doesn't. Yeah, Because, I mean, not. all these restaurants and bars are busy. But, yeah. I mean, you got to, I mean, they always say the economy is the one thing you can't control. You like, can never control. It doesn't matter who's in office. It doesn't matter. The economy is something, it's, it's you know, it's a big rhythm, man. Yeah. Like, it, it goes up and down. So there's just higher peaks and lower lows. So you said you're in Vegas so, so at least, like, until 2011. Um, I left in 2006, got married, actually. How um, was, did you, did you meet someone in Vegas? No, no, actually, it was a girl I met in uh, Florida. No kidding. Did worked, she move back? Did she move to Vegas? Oh, no, I moved back to Florida. Okay. You have to walk me through this yeah, then. Oh, no, so, no, no. so you're in Florida, you take a gig in Vegas, something drives you to Vegas, and this I'm out is there early 2000s. Three, three years. Like 2002. Four years. I'm out there four years. Okay. And then you move back to Florida. Move back to Florida. Staying and with this your is right, grandparents this, again? What's that? You're staying with your grandparents No, again? no, no. I moved uh, out. I actually got married and moved out with my wife. Okay. Um, this is right where the cocktail scene started. Started taking off. Get a little bit more leg room outside of New York and San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. Um, a good friend of mine still, he works for um, he works for Beam Global now, Philip Raimondo. Uh-huh. Um, he offered me a job uh, as a head bartender, bar trainer at Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. Oh, cool. In 2006, money, 2007, opened up. We were the first national chain to go 100% fresh juice. No kidding. Um, you know, classics. I mean, we had a Hemingway daiquiri on the menu in 2006. Oh, wow. Made legit. Hey, you want to make me one later? <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, so I did that. And, it, you know, it was kind of like my first crash course intro to craft cocktails and yeah. fresh juice and and like we didn't do anything mind-boggling i mean still vodka was still king you right know what i mean right. but we had you know i was in palm beach was my home store mm-hmm. so you know we had our, our restaurant we built out was 10 million dollar build out it's crazy you know in the middle of a housing recession which is completely it's still open yeah. today one of the guys that i got hired as the head bartender still can't wait to go back and see him mm-hmm. um you know, it was, you know, wine. It was, you know, a steakhouse, man. It's yeah. Canis Cabernet and scotch and whiskey. You know but what it, I mean? It's, it, that's where the money goes. Did, yeah, did you sure. guys Did you guys suffer much from? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, well, we, we were doing all right, but I remember because I was a trainer and I'd have to go do these trainings and openings and retrains. Uh-huh. And we were out on the road and... Um, you know, we got a we got an email saying, "Hey, our stocks went from like sixteen, seventeen dollars down to like a dollar fifty overnight." Oh, wow! And it pulled everybody off the road. Yeah, that's and like stopped spending crazy. money. And I, you know, I seen the writing on the wall. Um, you know, I was like, you know, this is this was like hard two thousand seven. Yeah, shit has hit the fan. It's a tough year. American economy is in the shitter. Right. Nobody has a job. Nobody's spending a hundred dollars a person on steak. Yeah. So um, I made the uh, decision at this point. Um, I was I was in separation with my wife. Yeah. Uh, it, does, it's a real quick because I've I've been married one time before. Yeah. Um, we I'm all sure have. this. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> the what the the freebie I guess yeah. you could say. But like, does the industry did the industry or being the, those late hours being gregarious being in front of drunk women all the time was that the issue or was I mean, just it, like I mean it was, it's it's a late night. I mean she she was a civilian. I mean she worked yeah. during the day and, and you know. And we still talk today. We're That's still good. friends. You know what yeah. I mean? But it was just, it was, it was, a, it wasn't a great situation. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like, I'm, you know, out of late. So, you know, whoever I'm with has to know that, Hey, I'm going to be out. You know, yeah. there's, it's and a, now with social hard, media, right? it's amplified. Like yeah, you can't do sure. anything now with social media. I'm, I'm envious of where you are and we're not <laughs> even married. <laughs> you know? Right. It's one of those things, but yeah, you're, you're totally right. It, it the difference in tempos, totally. right? the yeah. contrast that, it causes some problems sometimes. Yeah, I mean, when you're coming home at 2, 4 in the morning, they're getting up at, you know, 8 in the morning. Right. It's, it's, it's night and day. It's literally totally night difficult. and day. So it didn't work out, but you it guys are out. cool, which is great. Yeah, so totally. No yeah, we're still cool. Which is good. But you saw the writing on the wall in Florida because of the, well, the economy is tanking, yeah. all this kind of stuff. I think we all kind of suffered. Yeah, everybody. I, <laughs> I'm still very resentful for 2008, 2007. Yeah. 
So did you, at that point you you said you headed back to Vegas? I said I was, I'm gonna head back to Vegas. Yeah. I'm gonna bartend in a shitty casino. Yeah. Not worry about cocktails. Just and do just it. make money. Put my head down and make money. And I did. Yeah. I did it for a while. Then you know it was like 2009. I want to say mm. um, the first year of Bar Smarts oh, was okay. starting to come around. Yeah. And they were coming to me, and I was at this, you know, I was at the Gold Coast Casino, just, I was making money, man. I was working, yeah. you know, just, just doing my thing. Right. Still, like, always got, you know, cocktail books and stuff like that. Kept on it, but never practiced it. Right. But and, you knew, but it somehow, it was like, it was yeah, embedded it was always, well, in your I brain, mean, wasn't it? In this industry, if you're going to be in this industry for 20 years, you're going to have to change. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, you have you, to learn something. Yeah, you have to learn something. If, if you, if you're the same bartender you were 20 years ago, you're not going to have a job. Right. I mean, listen, I'm, I'm way more... I'm definitely out of shape than I used to be. <laughs> but not mentally. Older. Like, I mean, it's it's a young man's game. So you yeah. have to up your knowledge and up your up your thing. So this Bar Smarts thing was coming around. I never really heard of it. Mm-hmm. Interested in me. I was like, and we were we were the second class to go live. No um, where, you know, I mean, the, the you know, my instructor that I had to make drinks live for was, you know, Dave Wondrich. No shit. So he always have a ponytail? Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, he always had long hair and a beard. I mean, yeah. back then, a nice goatee or whatever. I always imagined him playing bass in a funk band. Is nah, that wrong? Yeah, definitely, for sure. <laughs> imagine that. So, I mean, it was kind of like, like you know, you had to study and go, and it was just like, went there. I remember going to the Suncoast Casino and, and doing it. And mm. I look back now, and it's funny, because I remember, like, Gene Simmons was there. Oh, jeez. Uh, was, yeah. was Sharon's, not Sharon's, oh, what's her name? Uh, his wife, she was an adult star. I'll yeah. leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it was, it was it was it was just wild, like just you know, like you're walking in to take this test, and then you know, we, I mean, the cocktail thing was definitely at this point full on, and it was at that point where, yeah, you're pretty sure it's going to make it, but you don't know if it's going to make it. Yeah. So you know, obviously the good people at Pernod put their put money behind you know bar smart stuff like that, but it was a total. It was a great eye opener, man. We did blind tastes, you know, hundred tests, and they made you sweat it for two, three weeks to see if you passed. I passed. You know, you had to practical, you had to written, you had a blind yeah. taste. I passed them all. Do you, do you feel like that was something that that is one of the few? I'm sure you've got plenty of milestones, but yeah. that moment, maybe you became a real bartender. Yeah, I mean, no, no. I'll, I'll tell you when I when I when I became a real bartender was 1999. Mm-hmm. I was working at a Boilermaker bar, and, and people ask me all the time, and I say it when I interview people stuff like that, like, how did you know when you became a good bartender? I was working at a place, a Boilermaker bar, mm-hmm. and um, I mean, literally, a guy came in, and we're talking 9 a.m., orders a beer, a shot of whiskey, yeah. and gruff as hell, missing teeth, looked half homeless, a Boilermaker, union right. guy, and uh, he come in, and you know, I'd shake his hand like I shake everybody's hand, and and I introduced myself talking. And before he left, he was laughing and we were telling jokes. You know what oh, I mean? And yeah. that's what I knew. At the end of the day, man, it's a relationship business. It is. It is. And you have to have those soft skills to kind of smooth yeah. people over. Like even the roughest of people. Yeah, exactly. So give me, give me 30 seconds. Yeah, absolutely. I, I so selfishly kept the car keys in my pocket. <laughs> and Lydia needs to use the car. All right, no problem. And Mer- like all of a sudden the interview stopped. And maybe this is something I'll just keep in to be funny. Interview stops. And like Steve Albini's like, what the fuck's going on? And Mark Maron's like, hang on, hang on, hang on. And you can hear a leaf blower distantly in the <laughs> <laughs> in the scene. And you hear Mark Maron like open his door and be like, hey, hey, Rick, Rick. Damn, he can't hear me, Steve. Hey, Rick, Rick. And he's like yelling and yeah. yelling. And eventually gets his attention. He goes, hey, I'm recording for like an hour, man. Can you can you come back and do that later? He's like, cool, cool. Thanks, Rick. And then they, they, <laughs> it's funny. all on tape. He didn't cut it out. It's like the Beatles, uh, like... <laughs> Recording sessions, yeah, exactly. all the conversations in between, dude, for sure. And the uh, day in the life has this weird stool drop at the end of it because you know how at the very end it's like, yeah, dun, 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 and then boom, yeah, totally. <laughs> and if you listen really carefully, you can hear some guy scooting in his chair. Oh, really? Yeah, dude, it's just like, but it's, you I, can tell it's a wood floor, and you can tell a guy scooted on his floor. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. Shit, how did I not know that? It's something. It's weird, right? It's uh, almost like subconscious that we know this stuff about. Yeah, Beatles. well, I mean, I'm a huge, huge Beatles fan. Like, oh, I, good. I grew up a Beatles fan. Was, what? So, why are you a Beatles fan? My mom. My mom totally turned me on to the Beatles. Like, I just remember her always listening to it. Yeah. And I've always like just. I remember like a 16, and I bought like it was. That's like when the the Beatles uh, one album or uh-huh. the, yeah, one, yeah, it came right. out. They got re-released on CD for the yeah, first time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I bought them and I listened to them in my room and just chilled. And I mean, I saw Paul McCartney when he came here with my mom. What? Oh, that's yeah. incredible. It was awesome. It was At really the cool. Irwin Center? What's it? Yeah. Yeah, I went, yeah, it was absolutely amazing. Probably one of the best experiences I ever had. 
you know, I got wind that he was coming. Um, I knew my mom was in town. She'd never seen the Beatles before. Oh, that's incredible. So I bought the tickets. It cost me like 800 total, man. I for, Believe me, I understand like above that. above average, like average seats. Yeah. And worth every penny. I took her to that. We, uh, you know, Paul McCartney didn't have an opener. Yeah. Played for two hours. Uh-huh. Did not take a sip of water the whole damn time. Dude is a machine. I mean, he's like he's like sixty eight, seven years old. Yeah, and he's, he's just seven years old. And he did it. And you you heard every great Beatles song, every Wing song. He yeah. played a Lennon song. Like it was just. Like, I mean, like me and my mom are sitting there tearing up. And like yeah. at the time, it was, it was amazing. It was Man, awesome. if I I there are a couple of Beatles. I mean, I I'm a Beatles guy because yeah. I think that it. I had someone say that at one point, life is distilled down into two types of people: Beatles and Elvis. Well. <laughs> That's actually pretty good. I think because Elvis kind of Beatles predates. and Stones. Thank you very much. Right, yeah, Beatles and right. the Stones. And I was like, well, you know, I'm not a Stones guy. Me neither. They're all Never pop, happened. man. All pomposity and like, yeah, they got some attitude and stuff, but they couldn't write a hook like Paul or John. Yeah, I mean, no, we're near close. Or George, the just no, the heartbreaking, yeah. soft-spoken guy. Yeah. Dude, no, I mean, yeah, not even close. Not, not even the same close. realm. Yeah, and it, and I I hope that people bitch at me about this because the Stones. Are number two. They always will be. Well, number three, Queen. It's Beatles and Queen. I like Queen. Queen. I mean, Queen. I mean, look at some of those old old concerts that they did, where there's literally oh. 150 thousand people watching these guys singing Dude, along. No That's insane. Kidding. Wembley, Radio yeah. Gaga, everybody singing along, which is a lesser. And I mean, let's not forget they did the whole score for Flash Gordon. Yes, right which there. is an incredible <laughs> failure. But musically, a wonderful success. I mean, would you say it's a failure? I think it's an amazing movie. It's a. It's a okay. I mean, all right, movie, Flash yeah. Gordon was a Jets quarterback. I mean, like, <laughs> that's very, well, for you, uh, so to frame it, yeah. absolutely a wonderful movie for you. Probably <laughs> the best movie ever, potentially. Yeah, that today is the reason I'm a Jets fan. God help my life. You <laughs> not know what because I mean? you live there. I should be a Buffalo Bills but because fan, but I'm not. Flash was an incredible movie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the soundtrack was amazing. <laughs> it is, man. Like, they went all out in the wrong direction. It still worked. Yeah. There's not a lot of bands that could do that. I mean, that. the only other band, I mean, it wasn't even strictly mm-hmm. the whole way, was, um, God, uh, Huey Lewis in the News of Back to the Future. Oh, dude, brilliant song. Now that I've seen Huey Lewis four times live. Amazing. Oh, my God. You know how envious I am right now? <laughs> I, 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 unironically, I, I love Huey Lewis in the News. Amazing. There's nothing ironic about it. It's great. I mean, it's great pop hits. I've, okay, I've always said. If you walk, if you wake up in a day and you mm. go out and you're headed to work yes. and you start the car, yeah, and Power of Love starts and that's the first song you hear, best day of your it's life. the best day of your life. Yeah, <laughs> every day. it's impossible. It totally that, is. Yeah, it's impossible. I want a new drug. Happy to be with yeah. you. Hip to be square. Yeah. Like, Heart and soul, all this stuff, yeah. man. I mean, I, I, I mean, I love eighties music. I, oh, I'm man. not, I don't listen to a lot of. I mean, I listen to like awesome, not even really awesome music. I just, I like going out to see music live. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, we live in music capital of the world. Legitimately, like sure. I was telling people today, I was like, well, it's Monday, so there's probably going to be 30 live shows. Tonight. Right, instead of 60 on Wednesday. <laughs> right? You know what I mean? So. It's funny. We, uh, when Javier Flores was in here the other night, and we, it was a very, it was like D-Day. I'll call yeah. it P-Day. P yeah. <laughs> Phil Collins came out of retirement that day. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, little known fact that I just learned last year, Phil Collins is the largest owner of Alamo memorabilia. Oh, that's right. Yes, that's <laughs> totally right. You're yeah. absolutely right. Yeah, and I, I guess it's the Americana of it. Like, it's it's just he's a good old dude. I, yeah. I don't know. I, I accidentally walked, like, through a press conference when Phil Collins was in San Antonio. Oh, no. <laughs> and he was giving back his collection to San Antonio. And I was like, what the hell is all the cops for? Like, you know, like this. And then I was like, I know he's Phil great, Collins? but... That's Phil Collins. Yeah, like, that's so, incredible. Yeah. I, I'm excited. So, two things. I'm excited... That you appreciate Hugh Lewis in the news to a degree, of, of which I feel I do. And two, that you understand the nuances of Phil Collins. Yeah. I mean, Those are two really, really marketable skills. I don't care what people <laughs> say. I don't care what anybody says. So you so you finished Bar Smarts. Yeah. Is this a transformative moment for you where you're like, I got to get out of Vegas. I can do more with this stuff. Uh, it was like, okay, I'm done with Vegas at this point in my yeah. head because, I mean, it turned really bad and really dark. Yeah. Not, not dark me-wise, but I've seen the, the people changing. Yeah. yeah, And I was like, and, and okay, so, like, taking it back, when I was driving out to Vegas in 2002, I drove through Amarillo, Texas, and I don't know what it was about Texas. I was like, I want to move here one Something day. about it. Yeah. And um, actually, 
uh, when I was married, I almost moved here in 2006. We no actually kidding. bought a house in Round Rock. No shit. Building a house, and then we had our problems, and we gave wait, it up. Wait, wait, so-, so what were you going to do in Round Rock? Be a teacher? I, uh, no, I mean, at that point, well, she loved the suburbs. She was a day walker. Yeah. You know, I was, you know. A night walker. So I was like, I was going to bartend wherever. Yeah. Didn't work out. We canceled the house, so I still have a 5000 You realize, 000. like, how... how- how amazingly coincidental that is. Do people realize that about you? That you actually had a house in Round Rock before you were actually in Austin? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, That's incredible. So I had right. So I lost like 10K on that, man. That was awesome. Well, we all lost 10K on something <laughs> you know, that year. Yeah. 10K is a small loss. <laughs> Late 2000s. Um, but you but, drove through. It was a charming It was place. awesome. I, I don't know what about it was. It was the people. It was the attitude. It was the, the signs. Everything. I was just like, yeah. I don't know, man. I was drawn there. Mm. And even when I was talking to my uncle... He's like, yeah, you keep on mentioning about that two days you were in Texas. I was like, yeah, just awesome. Like, it's I was like really a cool mistress. You're like, I keep thinking about her. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I did I did the bar smarts. I jumped on with the uh, RMC food crew. Um, at that point, it was mm. RMC food uh, and basically Herbs and Rye were the only cocktail bars in town. Okay. Uh, Nectali Mendoza, who still owns Herbs and Rye, good friend of mine. Um, actually came to the Vox Table Grand Opening. Oh, cool. Um, I was at RMC Food. We did that and uh, we did cocktails. And I took that job to take it for six months to put it on my resume mm-hmm. and move to Austin. And um, What did, was it about? Because you had to, oh, I mean, you were in, is it because you kind of could see Austin at a distance from Round Rock or you considered Dallas or you considered Houston? No, I, I, the whole time I was going to Austin. There was yeah. no there was no change. Like, you know, I was like, Austin's where it's at. Yeah. I'm going to go. I look, I, I still remember this day I'm living in Vegas. I literally Googled good bartenders in Austin. <laughs> Who came up with that? Bill Norris. Of course. Oh, <laughs> Bill. Bill Norris came up. I, I, I Facebook friended him. Yeah. And I was just like, hey, what's up, dude? I, I'm a bartender from Vegas. Yeah. Coming out to Austin. Want to sit by chat? And this is when Haddington's was opened up. No and, kidding. And went in yeah, the, ha- the West Six, the Duck yeah. Fat Sazerac, if I recall. Yeah, Duck Fat Sazerac. I had yeah. one that night. Yeah. And I uh, came in. And uh, he was awesome, man. He's just like, oh, yeah. I was like, hey, I'm Travis. He's like, oh, hey, man, nice to meet you. Bought me a round of drinks. Just, you know, gave me a couple pointers. Invited yeah. me to Chicken Chip Bingo. Uh, rolled out. And, um, you know, I you know, I remember the funny thing is, is my first, as I landed in Austin, just to visit at that point, I went to Happy Hour Uchi, uh-huh. And then the next morning, I went to Franklin Barbecue before there were lines. You are. So I was like. You're in it. Yeah. You're, you're in it now. Oh, yeah. I was you all can't in it. Like leave that. Now. At the point, I was, uh, the bags were already packed. <laughs> yeah. You know? So, so I, what was your first gig then in Austin? Uh, actually, it's a little place called Levin Plates. Uh, I did the cocktail program for them when, mm-hmm. when I moved out. That's actually where I met uh, Joe, our chef at Vox Table. Oh, wow. Uh, we met each other. Uh, we met each other there. It really hit it off. Um, so you and, guys have known each other since, what is this, 2011, 12? Yeah, yeah something like that? Just turned 2011, yeah. Yeah, wow. Um, so I was out there working, and I basically I took that job because it took three months to get hired at the Four Seasons. Yeah. Happensets walked in, Four Seasons, they needed a guy to do the cocktail program. I was like, I can do it. They asked me like four questions. Uh, met Mark Sayer, who was the, um, the psalm there, and uh, we just yeah. kind of hit it off. And they just it's a good fit. Yeah, I, I mean, I got lucky. I, I got in the finalists of um, uh, a Tales of the Cocktail handshake and daiquiri contest. No kidding. 2011 or 12, I forget which one. Was that your first kind of like bigger competition? First bigger competition. Yeah. yeah. So I, I got in the finals of that, and uh, you know the the hotel's like, all right, do whatever you want, and they just let me do whatever they I get, want. That gave you the credit. Yeah, exactly. That's killer. How was your experience at Four Seasons? Seems like a great place, but it, weird clientele. It was, man. It, it was great, man. Yeah. I, I, you know, Four Seasons gave me the notoriety that I wanted and needed. Yeah. Um, you know, great benefits. You know, I, I it's mean, corporate, I, right? I mean, I went to London and I paid for a plane ticket to stay at across from Buckingham Palace for five days. That's killer. So I have nothing bad to say about Four Seasons. Yeah. You know, at, at certain point, you hit certain plateaus. I hit the plateau and I left on a good note. How long were you over there? I mean, I've only had three jobs in Austin. Um, I was there three years. Three years, yeah, two that's and a half. Pretty good. I mean, half, that's years. actually pretty, pretty good, pretty stable. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, you see it now. I mean, all these bartenders <clears throat> are jumping from bar to bar to yeah. bar to bar. It drives me fucking bonkers. It's like, how, so how do you feel about that? Because I, I have a distinct personality that in the music industry as well. You kind of got to, now. This doesn't mean you have to spend fifteen years in the industry. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean that. But you do have to de- dedicate yourself to a single place for at least two years. At least, uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, you see, I mean, you see it now. These kids come in, you know, and, and I joke around with a couple of bartenders about bartending in the '90s, man. But these mm. guys come in, they bartended for two years, and they're like, oh, not even two years, six months. Like, where's right. my brand job? Like, yeah, dude, come on. Yeah, I mean, it's 
<laughs> you you had to work a bit to get a brand job. It sounds yeah. Like. I mean, you spent you said uh, to over probably about twenty years. Or something. I mean, well, well I was, I was just under thirty. Probably about 16, 17 years. That's a shit and, long time. Uh, you though. know, there was a couple other smaller brands that approached me, and um, I didn't I didn't love them. Yeah, I couldn't get behind it. And then when aviation came, yeah, around, what year was that when aviation approached you? God, I've been with them. I ch- I'll hit three years in May. Were you were you out of Four Seasons then? Yeah, I was yeah. at Four Seasons. Just, were you looking for a gig or kind of just figuring? They found out what me. You they totally found. I got a text message uh, uh, from Joe Castillo, who's now a Treaty Oak. Yeah, cool. Um, he was with uh, Sasrac at the time. He's like, "Hey, my yeah. buddies are in town. Um, they're looking for a part-time brand ambassador mm-hmm. for a, a gin company." Did like, you see one? yourself kind of crossing the line there? Uh, not not the line, well, not an ethical line, but just no, like you know, no, 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 no. I, you know, actually, I, I really, really wanted to be. Um, I I've always loved gin and whiskey. Yeah, I've always been a gin guy. Like I was that weird guy, you know, when he was twenty-one back mm-hmm. in the nineties, drinking gin and tonics. You were the you only know? guy yeah, in I was Buffalo. The, I, yeah, <laughs> I was on the gin train from J one. Yeah. And um, I remember the first time I had aviation was in it was in uh, Vegas. And yeah, like, this is just something different. Yeah, totally. And then um, they approached me like, "Well, what's the brand?" I was like, "Aviation." I was like, "Hell yeah, I want to." I remember them. that. Yeah, yeah. And you know, they came. You know, uh, they came, talked to me. Um, Brooke Arthur mm-hmm. came down probably about three weeks later. I was hired there. That's so on cool. Spot. It was awesome. I've been with them since. How do you like that? What I'd consider a jet setter lifestyle, where you get to travel a bit, you get to push product. I, I like it, man. I, yeah. I really do. I love it. You get to see, you know, you get to see. It's you know, you're working your job, but you also get to see R and D of all these great, amazing bars. Oh yeah. You know I mean, I mean, I was in. I did. You know, I was in Guatemala for aviation. That, yeah. <laughs> is that where Illegal was created? In Guatemala, um, is it that was right, or is... popularized in there. Um, so in uh, Antigua. Is the uh, Cafe Dose where uh-huh. Freddie, you know, I, yeah. have you met Freddie, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so his, the owner of that bar used to smuggle Mezcal in from gotcha. Mexico okay. and sell it there at yeah. that bar. And that kind of created the lore that went in there. And I did the aviation gin launch down there. Oh, cool. And um, got to guest bartend at that bar, which. That's killer. Top 10 bars all time. Yeah. Easily. Easily amazing. One of the best experiences I ever did. And How do you like the Guatemala in general? I've never been down I mean, there. It's beautiful. There's cocktail bars in Guatemala. That's so insane. It's insane. Like, yeah. I was there, and I remember, um, you know, setting up for our event that night, and they had, like, four local bartenders, like, taking pictures with me. And then one of the bartenders, halfway through setting up, he's like, do you know Charles Jolie? I was like, get the uh, hell out of that guy. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> so, and, and at that point, I knew in my head, you know, I mean, I knew for a while, but I was like, it's legit. Like, yeah. you know, people make, like, oh, you know, I, I went back to Buffalo and there's two cocktail bars in Buffalo. There's like three cocktail bars in right. Buffalo. And it's Buffalo. It's in Buffalo. New York state. I mean, yeah. that's like a big market. Yeah. yeah. Like it's in, well, it's Buffalo, which is a small market. I left there and like, I remember going back four years ago, asking for a shot of Fernet. People looked at me like I was retarded. Right. But you go and, to Guatemala and people know it's shot. Yeah, about. exactly. Isn't so, that crazy? Yeah. It's How it just kind of speed. What, and, do, what do you think sped it up there? I mean, the they, people I mean, or the... it's the information age social yeah. media man i mean yeah. everybody knows about you know cocktails everywhere so it's it, in the information age yeah. everything doesn't have to travel through tv or anything like that you pick up facebook you find people you see what people are doing like the bartenders that are starting now know more than i did 10 years ago and i've just already they have been behind a bar 10 the years greatest library of all time exactly right? yeah. yeah i mean you have so much information at your fingertips it's not yeah that's a, which is it's both amazing and detrimental to society <laughs> yeah exactly time. it's like hey travis do you want to learn anything at all times <laughs> yeah. or do you want to learn nothing at all like you and, have yeah, yeah I mean, any day you've got that is, choice you, i mean i mean most people are guilty you wake up in the morning you click on a facebook on the phone and yeah. you know click on a couple of links that's where you get your news from i right. mean i haven't had cable tv in over a year I haven't you're better out. off anyway yeah exactly yeah. true it's it's interesting thing so the aviation thing has been a couple years now. I I met you at Four Seasons. Yeah, it was you left an impression on me. I was like, man, this guy has a very dynamic personality in the industry and stuff. And you transitioned into aviation. But honestly, the thing that I I was really touched by. So I came in, and I know you've been working on Vox Table for a while, but I came in there and I had such a wonderful goddamn experience, Travis. Well, that's the right. Food yeah. was was killer. Your bar staff treated me amazingly. I had the mezcal old fashioned that you guys had by the ounce or whatever. Yeah. Everything was executed just so perfectly. So how does it feel now? Because it almost feels like you're a partner in crime in this thing. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it's awesome. It's, uh, you know, I mean, basically I have an owner that said, do whatever you want. 
Gotta no, love that. No, yeah. there's no. No one at Ruth Chris is gonna say that. Yeah, shit. exactly. There's no hand cost. I like. I you know. I mean, today somebody comes in. I like this whiskey. I buy it tomorrow. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, the bar's profitable. I mean, the restaurant's profitable. The bar's busy every day. Yeah. Um. You know, we have 140 different whiskeys on the back bar. We have 20 different gins. Yeah. Um. You know, it's 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 a good. It, it's a good system. You know what I mean? We're across the street from the Ammo Draft House. Yeah, great walking traffic. Yeah, exactly. Great place to just stop, like, pre-movie. Yeah. Great place to totally stop and drink. get a cocktail. Yeah, exactly. And the food. I mean, those, those calamari noodles. Yeah, it was still on the menu. They're still <laughs> on the so menu good. six months later. So. And you guys are expanding, and I think you've announced it, but you're expanding. So it's like you've got your amazing mix of food and whiskeys and cocktail program, but you're going to go simpler Go agave, go tacos. Is that yeah, right? we're gonna do tacos, man. We're um, What's it we called? actually have the space across from Canteen. Yeah. It's gonna be um, basically, you know, chefs still kind of working on thing, but it's gonna be like East LA taco, street mm-hmm. tacos, uh, Mexican cuisine, and I mean, we're gonna be agave focused. We're hoping to do a patio bar. We're trying to see yeah. if we can make it work. That'd be killer. Um, two frozen cocktails in a frozen machine, but you know, all fresh everything. Yeah, you know. simple. I can't wait. I can't wait to to try like a nopalito taco or something. Yeah, like no, that. I mean, yeah, you know, chef is from L.A. You know, I mean, he's he's you know from Mexican descent. You oh, know, yeah. that's what he he his parents he had it. a tortilla factory. Like, no, shit. that's his like it's a, it's a homecoming. So that's it's so just like, cool. and then me like the whitest kid ever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you only. Have a beard to cover up yeah, the whiteness, exactly. right? So it's just like, yeah. How do you feel about agave? I was like, well, I love it now. Let's do it. You know, I've I did heard a trip down to Mexico. Yeah, and, uh, you know, got got on the train, man. I'm a believer. Now. I'm Let's really do. excited to see what happens because, I mean, agave. You know, let's take let's take a brief tangent. So, you obviously are a bourbon guy, whiskey guy too. Oh, oh uh, bourbon gin, absolutely. So, what's the bourbon that you go to? It's been a really hard day, like it has been for me. It's fucking Monday, but it's been really tough. What is there something you sink into, sink your teeth into? A well, like I always see when people ask me what whiskey they should order at, you know, at Vox or where yeah, I'm working, yeah. I was like, well, what what time of the year is it? What's sure. your mood? What's the day? That's what, fair, what are you looking yeah. for? You yeah. know, I call, you know, I like in the middle of the week, I really like Buffalo Trace. I like, you know, Maker's Mark. I yeah. think it's amazing. A little bit more mild. I mean, full of flavor. Yeah, full of flavor. Tad mild. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'll, I'll admit it here. I'm not a fan of rye whiskey. I never yeah. have been. It's, you know, just a little too aggressive for punchy. me. Punchy. Yeah, it's yeah, really I mean, punchy. I like, I, I love Maker's Mark. Um, you know, I think I think they do a great job. Buffalo Trace, I think, is it's what every cocktail bourbon should ever be made from. You're totally right. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, mean, it's, okay, it's subjective. Yeah. But we agree. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's 90 proof. It's made wonderful. for cocktails. Yeah, absolutely. And it's brilliant sipping whiskey. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's great. They, you know, the, you know, Sazerac, say what you will about the whole, you know, pappy bullshit oh, and all this stuff. But that's I different. mean, give me Buffalo yeah. Trace every day. Every day. $22 a bottle. Yeah. I'm I mean, totally into it. And, yeah. and people say that now about, like, all this craft whiskey coming out. And, and I get it. I get it. Like, yeah. you know, everybody's whiskey-centric. Everybody wants to do whiskey. But they keep on putting this craft bullshit in my hand yeah, man. that's three years old. And I was like, okay, so I'm going to pay $50 for this. Or, pay or I can pick up a handle of Jim Beam White Label. Oh, dude, easily. And, you know, it's, you know, six, five, eight-year bourbon in right. there. And it's uh, leaps and tails above everything. It's like playing golf with Jack Nicholas. Like yeah. I, me playing golf with Jack Nicholas. Yeah. You're a handicap of 40, Mike. Like, yeah, yeah that seems about right. Yeah. But somehow we're on the same level. No fucking no. way are we on the same like, level. I dude. mean, at this point, I get it. Like, I mean, you're paying for the startup costs and all this. Sure. And everybody. But why I, is that burden on us? I mean, frankly, yeah. why is that <laughs> exactly. on us as consumers? Yeah. That's what like, I'm saying. You can, if you wait it out, and I understand, oh. but there, it's actually more strategically viable if you just wait and make the greatest thing possible yeah. than putting it out too early. Yeah, I 100% agree. You know? I mean, and, it's crazy. You know, apparently Daniel Barnes has some whiskey laid down. I'm, I'm looking forward to tasting it. He says it, it's man. five years old. I'm waiting. That'd be incredible. Yeah, I know. Because if anybody's going to do it that really cares, it'd be him. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, that's why I have the hunch it'll be good. I, I mean, yeah, I, I really think it'll be good. Um, you know, I respect Dan Garrison. What he did sure. is he didn't release White Dog. You know what right. I mean? And when he did release he Garrison didn't Brothers, release a vodka. it was it was young, man. It was young and overpriced. Yeah, yeah. It's starting to hit a little bit of a sweet point. It's almost it's almost worth what it was what you pay, pay for it now. Yeah, it's getting close. Which is good. I love that it's a point of contention. And I, I think it's a great thing to talk about. And a lot of people just kind of hold their breath when they're talking about craft. When you have to modify, you know? Yeah. It's like, oh, I've been trying to think of this episode of Seinfeld where it's like they're setting George up with a, a relatively attractive brunette. 
Yeah. And, and they say, well, he's got a good personality. <laughs> That's what craft... It's like, well, it's craft whiskey. Yeah, exactly. Dude, come I mean, on. You shouldn't at, have to modify that. Yeah, at the end of the day, it needs to be just whiskey. And, and you're going to see, like, we have this whiskey shortage now. Yeah. Well, <laughs> supposedly, right? Yeah. yeah, supposedly. I mean, but, you know, how many cases of Pappy got stolen just to rise the price? Whatever. Yeah, yeah. It is what it is. But in 10 or 15 years, you're going to... I mean, you're going to have... a glut of whiskey which yeah. is amazing i'm totally and really good that. stuff i yeah. mean like i said you're gonna see a great whiskey made in austin texas you know a great bourbon time. even i hope in yeah. the next couple of years because you know people have been laying stuff down i mean we have the limestone filter water just sure. like they do in kentucky with the same water source it's a little bit hotter here but that could work to an advantage yeah depending, i mean right? definitely could age use quicker. a use a uh, a lighter char yeah. And expect more contraction in the barrel and stuff, which is For good. sure. I mean, there's definitely all kinds of scientific experiments or sure. whatever going out, you know. And, yeah. You know, um, um, you can sell directly to the consumer now, which is which amazing. Is wonderful. I'm sure yeah. you're very Ab- psyched about dude, that. Dude, I'm totally psyched. <laughs> yeah, Cut out the great. It's great getting to sell a bottle at the distillery yeah. and all that stuff. Cut out but that. Back, you know, back to the bourbon piece, though. You know, every every time we have a conversation, every, every one of the podcasts so far, I ask you guys to to pick a bottle. And I, I like, I'm really stoked on what you picked. You picked the 2014 Four Roses single barrel limited edition, which is running it at roughly 56.3% ABV, but does not taste it. Not a, at, it doesn't taste all. a bit over 100 how do you? Yeah, how do you feel about the, the bottle here? I, I mean, we're, it's I mean, obviously it's, pretty low, so we, we've enjoyed yeah, it. I mean, I, I, I love Four Roses for mm. what they are. What they're not is a big, you know, flashy... They do three or four whiskeys. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They don't. I mean, look at Sazerac. They have twenty or thirty different marks. Even mm-hmm. Jim Beam has gotten into that. Uh, Jim Rutledge puts out what he likes. You know, he's got. I mean, the you know the yellow label. Come on, I mean that's what is it? Fourteen bucks a bottle, dude. It's way and it's way good. Cheap. Yeah. It's legitimately good stuff. You know what I mean? And do you and, think it's going to change it if, when he walks away? If he, if he really truly walks away, I mean it always changes. Yeah. I mean I just uh, you know. The Hudson whiskey came out with the one uh, with the seven fifties. Uh-huh. Oh, really? I, oh, I haven't seen that. Yeah, yet. Hudson baby, uh, the bourbon. The baby bourbon. I yeah. tried it side by side next to three seven fives, and it's changed. That's good. It ch- or wait, is it bad, good? It changed in a bad way. Oh shit! It's not as good as it used to be. I, I, I didn't even think Hudson was that great, anyway. So let's, no, let's be honest. Either, man. Not worth the price. It's but, not. Yeah. You know, it I, tastes I, like it's one of those things. I'd just carry a bottle of Buffalo Trace, and I'd be happy. Yeah, dude. I, <laughs> just give me that yeah, bottle. Eagle saying. Rare. Fine. Just give me that. Buffalo, Eagle which Rare. is the same Asheville barrel selection. It's the same Yeah, shape, that's you know? I mean, Eagle Rare, like, it's a single... But I mean, And then I, I put a thing on my Facebook the other day with Matt Tanner, who's a huge fan of Elmer T. Lee. That was great. I, rip uh, Elmer T. Lee. You can't find it anymore. It's, it's so good. The, the wells run, down, yeah. run dry. It's just, it's a weird bourbon bust. I'm glad to, to share this Four Roses with you. because no, this no, is it's great. It's funny because every single bottle... Is it represents somebody something about somebody's personality, and you know you know it's cool though. Like no, and I, I mentioned this with Hank. I was talking to Hank yesterday. No one's picked Pappy because they know better. It seems like yeah, you know yeah, totally. It's totally good, and this is a wonderful limited edition. I think there's maybe one. I saw the label approval for 2015. Supposedly that's the last year of it. Yeah, you know. I mean, we'll see. I mean, there was a rumor uh, a year ago William Grant was going to buy it, but I guess they walked oh, really? away from it. Yeah, because yeah. I, I, it's it's it doesn't have uh, international prestige. No, Japan only. That Japan. was their main export. They're, they're le- yeah. legitimately huge in Japan. I mean, you look at the back bar of any Quentin Tarantino movie. <laughs> yeah, and man, Bill, no, it was yeah, all yeah, Four yeah. Roses for sure. When I was there, yeah. I saw a bunch of old export stuff. Yeah. from Four <laughs> it's Roses. It's wild, man. It's killer. So you're doing Vox Table. You guys have the agave concept. Is there a point in which you're going to to open your own place? Is that something you want to do? I mean, yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, who knows, you know, that I mean, there's it's a who knows what the new year is going to hold. I, I know, mean, I know. Um, um But you have you are those aspirations bubbling up though for a lot of people? Oh, they they, I mean, they always have. At the end of the day, if you don't want to open up your own place, what do you, you know, I you know, I I don't know. I might have some opportunities coming up. Uh, you know, I might do a little bit more brand work. Yeah. Um, do that for a little while, but you know, at the end of the day, I would just legitimately like to, you know, open up. Uh, um, yeah, what's what's your what's your dream bar look like? It's it's a boilermaker boiler bar before boilermaker bars were cool, man. Like, give me a good a postmodern boilermaker. Yeah, bar. give me a good neighborhood bar with good ice, fresh yeah. juice, good whiskey, decent beer, and you, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Like, not nothing's overpriced. Yeah, you know, it's accessible. Some, some live music Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we're good to go. You know Killing. what I mean. Like, I'm not looking for much. Yeah. I think Simple you'll do guy. it, man. Like total like Rust Belt Buffalo style. Like, 
you know yeah yeah i believe me i'm texting through and through now but you know like i would just like to bring a nice rust belt concept you know and uh do a proper neighborhood not even dive bar we we just called them bars back then yeah and you know half the bars i grew up in they consider dives and i'm just like it's just a bar man yeah i love it man travis it's been great chatting with you thanks so much for coming appreciate it thanks for having me thank you so what do you guys think? I learned one main thing with Travis. There is Travis and then there is Tober. Tober is like Prince. Tober is like Donovan. Tober is the one word rock star that you expect him to be. But beyond all that, you get a guy who really likes music, loves people. Very salt of the earth. You know, I hope that's not an offensive thing to say, but Travis is a nice guy, approachable, down to earth, honest, and really, really transparent. So had a great chat with him. I thank you all again for tuning into Show to V with Mike G. And as always, please keep dancing.